With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the DNVR Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of DNBR, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Episode 79 of McChesney Unchained on DNVR.com. We're coming to you from the studio over here at 60 Football Academy, 60 Studios. I am your host, as always, Matt McChesney. Uh, and, and today's show uh, hits close to the heart. Uh, and uh, I, I really am excited about it, but I'm kind of depressed that we have to do it at the same time. Uh, we've got an unbelievable docket of guests for you today. Uh, my, my brother, uh, Joel Klatt, who's the, the lead Fox analyst for college football and absolutely killing it out there, uh, doing what he's doing. Uh, next teammate of mine at CU and, and a guy who I think knows more about college football and more about uh, what, what these kids are, are, are going through than anybody out there and has a very strong opinion. And then the head coach of Mullen uh, High School, uh, Mr. Jeremy Bennett, is going to be joining us live here at Six Zero Studios uh, when we get off with Joel to talk about some of the impacts from his kids over at Mullen to, to uh, the rest of the state of Colorado. So this is going to be heavy uh, Colorado high school football and college football and the COVID and the response and canceling and uh, trying to vent some of these emotions out and also come up with some answers. So like I said, this is episode 79 of McChesney Unchained on the DNBR.com. Go check out everything that DNBR does. It's amazing. It's the absolute best resource for mile high sports. And I, I really, think that they do a great job uh, regionally and nationally. So let's roll. Matt McChesney, Joel Klatt. Joel joins us here on episode 79 on Zoom. JK, brother, first and foremost, how you doing, dude? Looking good. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank, uh, And it's so good to see you, man. I, I wish we were in person, but this is going to have to do, man. It's always good to see you. Gonna have to do. We'd have to mask up anyway if we were sitting next yeah. to each other. Uh, so look, Joel, um, I heard you on uh, OutKick with Travis, with Clay Travis, and I thought you were incredible on that on that show. And it really, I was trying to figure out the best way to do this show and not jump the gun. I wanted to have a couple of weeks to sit back and really think. But based on what you were saying with OutKick, let's start with the college guys first. Big 10, Pac-12, their decision not to play in regards to the other three major conferences' decisions to play. 
do you think that it's going to hurt the Big Ten and the Pac-12 down the road with the other three major conferences playing? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a, a massive um, impact on them on, on several different fronts. Um, I think uh, just financially, they're going to bear a much deeper burden of this uh, pandemic than the other conferences because the other conferences are, are going to go out there and, and reap some of the revenue back. And it's important to note that I think people can roll their eyes when you talk about revenue. And, and certainly I understand that. And we are still talking about amateurism and we can go, we can have a lengthy conversation about what I think amateurism should look like in, in college athletics. Um, but that, if you put that on the, on the back burner, these athletic departments also provide thousands and thousands of opportunities for kids in every single sport to go and, and receive a scholarship, which is an opportunity, right? I mean, that, that is the single most impactful moment in a lot of our lives. And almost every single athlete that get, receives a scholarship is, is that opportunity to go and, and further your education. And you do that on the back of a skill that you've really devoted your life to. So, so the revenue or lack thereof in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten is going to significantly decrease the amount of opportunity that you see, in particular in non-revenue sports and across the board uh, in general. So uh, you've already seen stat Stanford cut sports. Iowa was cutting sports. These, these are opportunities that are never coming back. And, and that, to me, that's, that's a really sad deal. Now, specifically to football, what you're going to see is, is – those resources are going to affect their ability to retain coaches, hire coaches, which is going to uh, decrease their competitiveness from a national perspective. Matt, I think that that's pretty obvious. Uh, and then also in recruiting, I think that this is going to be used uh, from a negative standpoint against them when trying to recruit against the Big 12 or the ACC or the SEC. Uh, when you're going in, and this is a national deal, because remember, you got Clemson and Alabama going to Southern California and pulling the best quarterbacks out of Southern California. The, recruiting is a okay. national thing. Ohio State goes down to Texas and so on and so forth. So now when, when you're a blue chip recruit, and you, got, you have, let's say, Alabama and USC and Ohio State and Clemson in the room and Oklahoma in the room, well, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Alabama are going to be like, why are you going to go up there? They don't care about football. Right yeah, or wrong, yeah. I'm not saying – but, like, that's going to impact their, their ability to be competitive on the recruiting trail um, in the future. So uh, we'll see what this season looks like for the other conferences, but this is certainly going to – be a, a huge, a massive detriment to those conferences that are choosing to postpone their seasons moving forward from an opportunity standpoint, from a revenue standpoint, and from a competitive standpoint. And I'm glad you brought that up because it happened yesterday in here. We had uh, Connor Jones, Caden Weatherby, and Braden Miller, all three young big offensive linemen I work with, all get offered by Michigan. They all got offered by Indiana on the same day. And then Virginia got involved with Connor. And Virginia offers Connor late that night. And the conversation that Virginia had with him was way different than the conversation in Indiana and Michigan had with him. We're playing football. It's very important to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see you got offered by Michigan and Indiana. You know, that conference canceled their games. That's, you know, that's kind of the way the Big Ten is. They're, they're getting a little softer. It's not the old Big Ten. And they're already using it. You know the way that they use the ammo in college football recruiting. So any ammo that's there, they're going to use. I'm glad you brought that up. All right, so moving specifically to the Pac-12, I – 
I'm a big, I'm a big eight, big 12 homer. I can't help it. That's the, we played in the big 12 when we were there. Yeah. Um, I loved it too. I, I mean, that's what I grew I up did. with, you know, you and I grew up watching yeah, the old big eight and big 12. Watching old school smash mouth football. I always thought the pac 10 was a pretty boy conference out of, you know, then go and, and get a, get some surf in and get a little sun on your face and then go to practice. Um, we, we used to deal with Pac-12 schools pretty handily, in my opinion, and I don't like the Pac-12. I, I, I don't like the move, but neither here nor there. I think the Pac-12 is very close to being the Mountain West, and without USC and Oregon in the conference, I think they would be the Mountain West. So just specifically for the Pac-12 already be the fifth, being the fifth of five, I don't foresee them ever being able to recover from this. And the thing that's really killing me, Joel, and then I'll shut up, is the Big Ten, they're taking, people, they're taking the Big Ten to court. It's all over the, the radio, everywhere, and ESPN. Everybody's talking about the Big Ten fighting to play. The Pac-12 is straight chilling. They don't even, you don't hear anybody complain about the Pac-12 not being able to play. None of the ADs, no one. Everyone's just like, oh, well, we're not playing. And that is really, really bothering me. So give me your two cents being a buff. And a Big yeah. 12 buff, not a Pac-12 buff. Give me your two cents on that. Uh, lots to unpack there. I mean, I, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting to me when, when you talk about just overall schedule, or excuse me, conference strength. I think from just a pure competitive standpoint, if I, I think the ACC is, is worse, top to bottom. But the difference is, is that really? they have Clemson. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, like, if you just played one versus one, two versus two, three, and you just went down the list – I think the Pac-12 would win that in a competitive uh, situation. Now, having said that, here's the deal, though. We're Americans. We don't care about your average. We care about your best, right? What what do you do at at the top? And so Clemson carries the day for the ACC. And then the perception of the Pac-12 is just this conference that can't get into the playoff, can't win big games out of conference, so on and so forth. Um, now, now let me change direction and more specifically into just, uh, the makeup. And I, and I would go backwards, Matt, uh, and, and talk about the decision when it was made way back when, you know, I can't remember exactly the year, but Mike Brown was the athletic director and, and really what was going on at the time, the, the conference with, with the most, I would say, um, wavering foundation or shaky foundation was the big 12 at the time, right? Like people were coming for them and Larry Scott was thought, you know, and, and so there was this idea that of the PAC 16 that Larry Scott wanted to make happen. And he wanted to combine the strengths of the West coast with the strengths of the heartland and take Oklahoma and Texas and match them up with USC and UCLA and, and, in that, you know, Colorado was at the time struggling on the field and needed some more revenue. And this conference looked like it was going to be like, hey, this was going to be the, the, the first super conference. And so I think Mike kind of tried to get ahead of the ball thinking, all right, Texas is going to do this. Oklahoma is going to do this. And we're going to be included in this, this Pac-16. And then in the 11th hour, when Texas reneged, and basically said, hey, we're going to do it as long as we can retain our own third. These are all these technicalities. But basically, in, in every school or every, every conference sells first-tier rights, second-tier rights, and third-tier rights. 
And Texas, their whole thing is that they want to own their own third tier rights. So in the Big 12, um, they don't forego their third tier rights and just give them back to the conference. They own them themselves. That's why Oklahoma still plays a pay-per-view game. That's why the Longhorn Network exists. And so in the 11th hour, what Texas did is they said, we're in as long as we retain our own third tier rights. And this is a, a gross generalization of what happened in the end. And, and the Pac-12 said, no, we're going to be an even revenue distribution conference, meaning that your revenue is not going to be higher than a different school. And, and Texas right. said like, hey, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Now, all of a sudden, you were left with a Pac-12. The Big 12 stays together. They went and got West Virginia. And while the Big 12 certainly wasn't, wasn't on stable ground, they still had Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma's still going to playoffs. And, and they have now turned into a more stable conference than the Pac-12. And what happened then right after this is that the conference never got the distribution for their network, speaking of the Pac-12. And so when they did not get a direct TV deal, that essentially sunk the conference just from a financial standpoint, without that revenue from, from the television distribution, they were never going to be competitive from, from an overall revenue standpoint. Just to give you a sense of, of, of the numbers, the Big Ten is, is sharing $50 million a year with each school and the Pac-12 is not even close to 30. You know, so these are massive differences uh, right now. And that's partly because the Big Ten network is distributed so much more prominently across the country and for a higher carriage fee than, than certainly the Pac-12 network. So that's just a little bit of a history lesson. So I, I think at the time, it was, it was you were trying to be, have some foresight and get ahead of the ball, but then the ball never came. And, and because of that, in hindsight, it has worked to the detriment of, of Colorado. And I think that- Fantastic. I would, I, <laughs> And at that point, you know, the, I think we would all rather be in the big 12, especially right now being uh, alumni, but um, that's kind of the way it is at this point. And, and I don't think anybody could have ever seen the PAC 12 fall off to the point that it has. A lot of strains in the old dooders head, bro. A lot of strains in the old dooders head. I I always forget like, I need to change, you know, my vernacular uh, when I'm talking to you because I know where you're going to go right away. A proper nomenclature, man. That's right, man. That's right. <clears throat> All right. Man. So, that's right. Why? Why isn't the Pac-12 fighting to play then? You just not think they care? Um. Well, I I don't think they're. Um. Well, gosh. I say this completely apolitically. All right. So, from a from. Fair. Apolitically, I think that many on the more liberal side of thinking in our country feel like the virus is is very dangerous. Those who have more conservative leanings, I feel like, are downplaying the virus. And so I think the way that we view the virus has a lot to do with our political leanings. And if you look at the map in terms of the way the culture is on the West Coast and the Pac-12, it's heavily on on the more left side of the aisle. And so I think that there are more schools um, that as a whole, their fan base, their faculty, their administrations, 
they don't have a problem with this. They, they think, they, they believe that it's very serious and we're taking the proper precautions. And then the reason that you don't hear people speaking out against it is that it doesn't give them any political capital. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Um, for, for Scott Frost or for Ryan Day, they will be revered by their fan base, win or lose the argument, for starting the argument that we should be playing football. Their fan bases will right. revere them because their fan bases desperately want football from if you were just to pull their fan bases, right? It would be a heavy majority that, that would say, we want to be playing. In the Pac-12, that's right. And, and in the Pac-12, I, I don't know if the – if you pulled every fan base, is there a fan base that the majority would say we want to be playing? I'd, I'm not sure. That that could be a generalization, but I think Colorado wants to play. I think maybe Colorado. Um, but if you're like, let's give an example. If you're David Shaw, does it serve you at all to throw out a losing argument that the majority of your fan base disagrees with? No. no. And so like, why, why jump out on that sword? Right. Like that's, so maybe that's just a theory of mine. I don't think that, um, you're right. you know, I don't know, but you're right though, to, yeah. to, to a lesser you're degree though, Maddie, this, this also is kind of the problem with the conference and more of a general It's like football is not as important, you know? And I, and I say and that right. knowing I say that knowing that that's not the case at Colorado. Rick George desperately wants to play and has done everything in I his know. power to do so. So, okay. The college football recruiting part of this, we're going to get into the high school part of this, especially in Colorado, where everybody else around us is playing. Kansas just went back on their order to not play. Now they're getting ready to play high school football in Kansas. That's big time. That sets precedent. So hopefully – Governor Polis and all the administrators at Chats and everybody can sit back down and figure out how to get guys on the field in the next three weeks and go play eight to ten games. Now, I deal with college football recruiting all day. We put 27 out last year on full rides. Cole Taylor went to LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan, CU, Nebraska, so on and so forth. We had Michigan in here offering guys yesterday. Virginia, blah, 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 blah. The train's still rolling. But no one's playing in Colorado. These kids have been told that the possibility of getting sick and now is more important than striving for your future and chasing the goal that you set and that you've been working for. And what I'm seeing, Joel, is depression, panic from the parents and the kids, and they have every right to be depressed and panic because there's absolutely no plan. If you're not in my room and you don't have help from me, and even with help from me, we're behind the eight ball. What the hell are these kids supposed to do? As an ex, as an ex high school player, your dad was an ex high school coach. Mm -hmm. I know that's a lot in one question, but it's it's all generalization to. Without the actual game, when everyone else is playing, what are these kids supposed to do? They're at an incredible yeah. disadvantage. I mean to. <laughs> I feel awful uh, for my this, guys. Yeah, bro. this is, I mean, this is, see, here's, here's, think about this. I feel way worse for the guys that aren't your guys. Cause you're at least giving them structure, you know? Um, Amen. Um, 
Man, this, a, is this is hard. This is hard for me. I, I, and, and I'm not trying to choose words. I'm just, I'm, to be honest, a, a little emotional. You know, my brother is a coach at Mead High School. And um, my brother-in-law coaches at, at uh, Mountain Vista under Garrett Looney. Um, my dad coached for 30 years in, in Colorado. And, you know, to, to a large extent, thank you. And, and to a large extent, you know, they did it not to go out and win and lose football games, but to impact kids in a positive way. And my, my, my heart hurts for what we're doing to the kids. Um, this is not a political statement. You can go read the CDC website, right? Like the danger to high school age kids is virtually zero right? Like virtually zero. And to take away the things that give them structure and purpose, and maybe more so than anything purpose, but also maybe the most important, the structure of accountability at that age, which is so important. It is devastating to the health and well-being of these, these kids. It's devastating. If you're watching this and you're 16 or 17 or 18 years old, first of all, I'm sorry for the position that you're in. But next, you have to know, you have to know this. Life is not fair all the time. And there are times when you've got to take a hold of what you can control and make quality decisions for yourself. All right. Your friends are not going to help you all the time. All right. It might not even be your family structure. It can't always be your coach. There are times in your life when you have to be the one that control your own destiny. And I'm not saying that you've got to plan things out and contact every college and do, I'm just saying that every single moment of every day, you are in control of your own effort level. And you can choose whether to go party and get into bad things that no one's going to know about or not do that. You can choose what your mental mind frame is. You can choose what you're going to do on a day in and day out basis. I understand that it's tough. I understand that. If, if I had football taken away from me and I was 17 years old, I would be going absolutely oh, crazy. Oh. But, but I'm telling you, there are resources. Reach out to Matt. Reach out to those coaches that you know that will get together. Stay close to the individuals around you and your teammates that are like-minded and want to strive for greatness and not just get by with a lack of accountability. These are important times for you to navigate for your future. These decisions that you make are going to impact your life forever. And the more that you can stay on the proper course, retain some accountability, whether it's to yourself, to others, or to coaches, that is what's going to get you through. Because the system broke for you, for you, it broke. All right. You, you're at zero danger and you can't play. That's not your fault, but don't exacerbate a, a poor situation by making more poor choices. Matt, you and I have been in scenarios like that. What's the, the number one threat to a college football player and his path in college football downtime. 
downtime is yep. when you get in trouble with drinking and drugs and, and all sorts of other things. Make sure that you retain some element of accountability, like I said, with yourself, with your friends, or with coaches that are willing. Um, I, again, my, my heart hurts, but, but you got to take matters into your own hands. Reach out to Matt. Reach out to those around you that you know are like-minded and, and make sure that you're making proper decisions. That's the sound of a leader right there, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, Joel and I were captains together at CU, and he's one of my best friends, and it's because of things like this. He's a true man of character and integrity, and I know when he says that his heart hurts, it really does, just like mine. Um, and I agree with you, bro. Like, I'm devastated for my guys, like, to the point of almost being in tears. And I've had multiple parents and kids in here just totally devastated. They have to leave. They have to go play in other states. They, they don't think they're going to get opportunity. We're filming everything all day. I can't send more film to the coaches right now. So we're trying to really help the state of Colorado. But the guy that I think that can help the most is Governor Paulus. And I, I know he made a decision with the influence of Chatham. We're going to have the head coach of Mullen High School, Jeremy Bennett, on here uh, when Joel's off. But Jeremy was on the conference call where they decided not to play. So we'll get some some more uh, information in regards to that. But I know Chassa put a lot of different examples up to, for situations where we could have played and they were all shot down consecutively. So it just being who you are, Joel, if Governor Paulus was to listen to this, which I doubt he will, I don't know how much of a football fan the guy is. If he was to listen to this, what would you say to him being the son of a coach and playing here at Pomona and, you know, coming back and playing at CU and everything you've accomplished from that point, what would you say to Governor Polis right now to try and get him to at least come back to the table and figure this out? Yeah, well, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I know that, you know, he's considered a statesman, right? And that's what we elect uh, officials to be is, is, is statesmen, uh, statespeople. And, and so what that means to me is, is that means that it, it needs to be a, a well-rounded body of evidence that they're making decisions based upon. And, and, I, and I feel at times because of, of the way that our you know, society works in terms of, you know, we as a society nowadays, because of social media, we, we behave like a five-year-old soccer game or a six-year-old soccer game, meaning the ball gets kicked in one spot and we all run over there. And then the ball goes over there and we all run over there and we're reactive. And, and, you know, it's kind of a, a mob mentality. Right. And so, True. and, and unfortunately, because we elect officials to govern on us based on our own sentiments, they are joining us and running after the ball. Right. And, and yet what a true leader or statesman needs to do is look at every angle and elevate themselves above the, the anecdotal evidence here and there and individual stories and this and that and, and, and single factor analysis and elevate themselves into multi-factor analysis. And I think that's very important. And if, if I were to talk with the governor, I would say, regardless of the decision that you make, make sure that you have a multi-factored, very varied analysis of what these decisions mean and the human cost of these decisions on both sides. What it means to try to play with the virus and, and amongst the virus and what it means to shut down and take away that structure 
and the purpose from kids from the 15 to, to 18 year old uh, range. Because I personally believe, having gone through high school football, college football, being around this industry, I personally believe that the human cost is greater to not play than it is to play. Now, I'm not the one in the room, but I would just encourage him, take yourself above the single factor analysis, get to a multi-factor analysis, because that's what leaders really need to do. That's what states people really need to do. And I feel like, and we're going to talk with Jeremy Bennett about this, of course, but I feel like it was a rush judgment based on the opinions of a lot of other people that are going, if he were to play, that would bark at him about playing. And Colorado's a very unique place. I think there's there's a lot of conservatives on the outskirts and a lot of liberals in the cities. And I, I'm an independent. I'm right in the middle. I, I think both sides are equally crazy, and I think both sides equally have some good ideas. So I guess we'll see. Um, Joel, brother, I, I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to come on the show and talk to the state of Colorado, your home state. Uh, true leader, bro. And I can't tell you enough how thankful I am you came on. Uh, give my love to Sarah and those boys, and you keep killing it. When, when, when do you, when do you kick off? You said, I saw you. Got, yeah, next you got week. Uh, again. Yeah, I've got a Baylor game next week. La Tech at Baylor. Then I'll have Kansas State at Oklahoma. I think the 26th. Uh, and just la last thing, I know I gave a lot of advice, but I know people will get concerned. Parents and players are going to get concerned about whether they'll get seen or get a scholarship or so on and so forth. And, and I would just say this, man, I know we were in different boats because you were a highly recruited player or a much more highly recruited player than I was. I was a walk-on. If you can play yep. and you're willing to work, there's a spot for you somewhere. It might be a different road than, than what you believe should be the road right now, and it might not be as, as sexy as the road as others, but there is a road. So don't get discouraged by a lack of opportunity. Just continue to work hard. Amen. Brother Joel Clapp there, uh, analyst for Fox College Football, and the best in my opinion. You can see him every Saturday this year as we kick college football off in the states that like it. Um, Joel Clapp, thank you, brother. Uh, all the love to your family. You keep killing it, you bro, too, and, and leading the way you do. And uh, go Buffs, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon, bro. All right, brother. Have a good one. Best to your family. And we continue here on episode 79 of McChesney Unchained. Uh, big thanks to Andre for everything he's doing today to help us out. Uh, best producer in the game. Tip of the cap to you, A. Keep it up, brother. Um, it's uh, my pleasure to bring on a good friend of mine and the head coach at Mullen High School, Mr. Jeremy Bennett, uh, to talk further on why Colorado High School football is not playing. He was part of the conference call with Governor Polis and Chassa, so he'll be able to shine some light on that as well as we move forward. So, Coach Bennett, Thank you so much for coming on the show and spending some time with us today, um, being in the other room over here at Six Zero and having to do this on Zoom. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, brother, and uh, welcome to the show. I yeah, appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, it's always good to be in your facility and see the hard work going in. doesn't matter how well these kids are. I walk in, see a kid that played for me uh, six, seven years ago in your grind, and so I appreciate what you do for the kids. I appreciate what you do for high school football and getting these guys ready to go. So uh, pleasure is all mine. Now, Coach, I know you're fired up about this entire situation just like I am. We both are in agreement that we should be playing uh, and we shouldn't let fear run us. You know, Clatt was on and you were in the office in here, sitting here listening to him. And 
it's amazing how many times Joel had to apologize just for having an opinion. And then also how political all this has become, which is just ridiculous to me. I thought that, that football was a way to bring people together from all different creeds and political affiliations and sexual orientation and color and all this other bullshit. And it's a way to bring us together and we can all, for a common goal, work together. And, and of course, this is being politicized as well. Um, so let's just get right into it, bro. You were on the conference call with Rhonda and Chassa and some other coaches and the governor. And just enlighten me on how that went. And brother, how disappointed are you that he made the decision to start, to not play? Well, you know, first first of all, I was privy to the call. Um, I think a lot of times what happens is when it is political, you, you get different factions, and and this person has an opinion, and this person has an opinion, and and I, I don't. You know, for starters, I want to say that I, I really feel like Chassa worked hard. Um, their first proposal out to the governor was basically we're playing ball and we're going to we're going to put people in the stands and, and we're going to do those things because that's what needs to happen. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pissed off about it. Um, you know, Joel, Joel hit it on the head earlier. You brought it up. I mean, there's a mental health side of this thing that I uh, – that really concerns me about the kids and, and, and first and foremost, right. What you do here in, in helping these kids and get to the next level and teaching them the way to do it, right. To grind it out. Um, what are these kids going to do? What are they grinding for? Are there, are, is there going to be money left? Because, because if, you know, not every kid is a power five kid. So what about the kid that's FCS or what about the kid that's a division two player that uh, those seniors aren't leaving? They were granted an extra year eligibility. So what money's going to be there, right? So um, it's not even about showcasing what they can do on the field, which is a huge part of it, but, but what's available to them anymore? And, and, I, and I think that was overlooked in this decision. I think it was overlooked, um, the kid from a single parent, uh, me, because that's how I was raised. And without a football coach and without a wrestling coach and a judo instructor, I'd have been in a lot of trouble, right? What about those kids? And, and, we're forgetting that mental side of this thing. Um, again, the age group, it's, 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 um, it's Zero next. Percent. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know that it was, I think we can say it was clearly thought through with the decision that was made. I don't know that that's the case. I think, I think ultimately it was, we had a hodgepodge of opinions and a lot of hard work. And I do want to go back and say this because I won't always say it, but I want to say that I, I think Rhonda worked hard to give us what we wanted. That was football in the fall, and that was full go. And uh, that, that, that was stifled and, um, by a lot of different people. And, and um, I think it's the wrong decision. I think there's time to change this. I think there's time to turn this around. Um, but we've got to think about these yeah. kids. We've got to think about these kids. And, 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 and again, it's our job, right? It's, it's, it's my job as a high school head coach to pull my kids in. And to say, hey, here, here's the way we're going to do it. We're going to push through this adversity. We're going to make the best of it. But the realization is, Matt, that I'm not with these kids 24-7. You're not with your kids 24-7. And, and, and those, 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 uh, those temptations, that, that lure to maybe just get off the right path for a second and stop the grind, they're real. But we're letting that part of it go, and it's, it's disappointing to me. 
And, and look, you're, you're preaching here and I, and I appreciate it and people need to hear it. And I agree that Chassa and Rhonda and Ryan Casey and everybody over there, they busted their ass to make this happen this year. And it was shot down at the political level with the governor shot it down and all his cronies. And I'm to say I'm disappointed in the leadership of our state is an understatement. I can't believe, I can't believe that they would be show, so short-sighted rather than allowing everyone to try and play and figure it out. And then if there's catastrophe and there's a COVID outbreak and no one can play and everyone's getting sick and, and the hospitals are filling up and the world's ending and the plague is real, then stop everything and, and, and we'll figure it out. But the fact that we didn't even try is cowardly. It's cowardly and we're being ran by fear and fear mongers. And to be completely honest with you, again, I'm gonna say this, I'm an independent. I don't, I don't really agree with a lot of stuff on the left and I don't know if I really agree with a lot of stuff on the right. I think both sides are a little bit out of their minds and somewhere in the middle, we've got to come together as a people. But I don't like the fact that football has been politicized. I don't like the fact that if you want to play, you're some kind of Trump supporting conservative. And if you don't, then you're a smart liberal. I think it's all bullshit. And I don't like people pointing fingers and putting people in boxes just because they want to play a game. And the beauty of football is bringing everybody together, like we just talked about. So that's really what's missing here. And you said there's time to change, and there is. The state of Kansas just went out and changed their policy and said, we were wrong. We're playing high school football. We're, we're starting in three weeks. Let's go. They could do the same thing in Colorado. Get everybody in. Say, we're going to do too much, two, two weeks of camp. We're going to get everybody right. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be you know, toned back so nobody gets hurt. Then we got a game week for prep and we're playing. And if we only play conference games, we only play conference games. But give these kids a chance. Coach Bennett, you're sitting here talking about scholarship money and opportunity. And I can tell you right now, the kids in Colorado are at an extreme, and I say this wholeheartedly, an extreme disadvantage because they don't get to play. Every coach I talk to, does he have game tape? No, coach, we're not playing. I can send you everything in T-shirts. I can. But eventually, we need to put pads on and show you can play football and you show progression and everything else that the game provides. Brother, do you think that the state of Colorado is smart enough and mature enough to go back to the table? You think Governor Pulse will even consider it? We are pleading to you, Gov. Please hear us and let the kids play. Do you think there's any chance in hell that they, that they go back on their decision? Well, first and foremost, I don't think there's any chance unless, unless we're heard. Right. And so I, I guess I'm kind of here um, also to call on, you know, the, the football community at the high school level. Um, we need we need to, to voice our opinions. We need to, to bring out the bigger issues. Um, listen, I understand COVID's here, but but it, our numbers right now, I, let, me, let me tell you, I was at an event Saturday. And <clears throat> excuse me, I got to hear a gentleman speak in just a normal conversation and he is a uh, on the the board of directors at St. Joe's and they were they were talking about how great our numbers are here in the state of Colorado much greater than some states that are already playing and they also talked about the amount of uh, COVID patients in the hospital at that point in time not in ICU um, and doing really well uh, and th that number was seven so seven Seven, seven, and and so seven. Again, I'm I'm not trying to make light of what this is, but there is a there there is a greater risk to high school 
student athletes not being able to participate than, than there is for them to play. And if we've got to social distance in the stands, Matt, here's the thing. I watched my 11-year-old play tackle football last week uh, for his AYL team, okay? Back. And what we do is we play tackle football, and here's how we change it. We don't shake hands at the end. We stand on the sideline and wave our hands. What is that? They were just down and dirty. They were just sweating on each other. Tell me shit I've ever heard, Jeremy. So, so why is it that 11-year-olds to 13-year-olds in eighth grade can play tackle football, but, but people that want to keep it safe, the Matt McChesney's, the Coach McChesney's of the world, the Coach Bennett's of the world, everybody that are out here, we want to do it the right way. We're not saying it's free-for-all. Why, why can't we play? And, and this is an issue, and it's an issue for kids' future, and it's an issue for, for their mental health. Matt, uh, teen suicide's at an all-time high in this country. And we want to turn a blind eye to it. You don't want to publicize it in the media because it's not sexy. Well, you're damn straight it's not sexy. It's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. We have to do something for these kids. And I would tell every high school football coach, every AD that, that, that feels the same way, we have to voice our opinions. Is it going to change anything? I don't know. But if we don't try, we know it's not going to. We got to play football, man. We got to play football. I agree with you wholeheartedly. We need to play immediately. Acting like we're going to be able to just recreate everything in the spring is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to be hurt by this forever. And the Big Ten's going to, going to be able to pull out of it faster than the Pac-12 because they're actually fighting to play. And they have maybe five or six really, really good traditional strong programs, maybe more, seven or eight. And where the Pac-12, no one seems to give a shit if we play or not. No one's protesting. Larry Scott's on a fucking boat somewhere on vacation, feet up. He doesn't have to worry about nothing. You know, furlough the coaches. The players are pissed off, but they don't have a voice. So, you know, the Pac-12 might as well be the Mountain West, in my opinion. And I don't think that they're going to be able to play in the spring. I think that that's going to be a huge clusterfuck. And I personally think that the Big Ten is going to figure out a way to get moving here pretty quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing in bowl games against the ACC and SEC and the, and the, the Big 12 by the time that all rolls around, if they can get it figured out. So I personally think it's as easy as just admitting that there was a problem or we were wrong. Admit, Pol or Governor Polis, admit you were wrong and say that you jumped the gun, and everyone will forgive you. And if you think you're popular now, brother, imagine the, the, the uplift you're going to get when you actually allow all the meatheads to go back to work and play because we are really, really hurting. The players are hurting. The kids are getting screwed. The coaches are getting screwed. There's no way to make up time, everyone. We can make money. We can, we can, we can do everything else, but we can't get time back. And that's what football is. It's a limited amount of time in your life. You can only get recruited for so long. The recruiting is still rolling. Guys who are playing have a massive advantage over the guys that aren't. And if you're not in my room at 6-0, what are you doing? Running seven on seven? I mean, give me a fucking break, man. Seven on seven is a nice period of practice, but it's not going to get you recruited. Everybody that's on a seven on seven team in this room, they are in this room getting recruited. They're not getting recruited playing seven-on-seven. Seven. Don't get it fucking twisted. There's a reason I put up ride coattails on Twitter every week. So, as Coach Bennett, not to rant, and I can't help it because I'm fired up about this. I personally think that if we don't, 
fix this problem like Kansas just did. The state of Kansas came together and said, we're wrong, fix it. Are we really going to let pride and ego stand in the way of these kids' future and not helping them achieve? When did the future become less important than the past? Because that's essentially what they're saying. We're going to protect everybody with pre-existing conditions and the older population, and I'm with it. I, my mother's an older lady. I just lost my grandma, you know, but it wasn't COVID. It's being old. And, and I'm with that, and I'm, I'm sympathetic to it, but I am, not, I am not in the business of hindering the growth of young people and telling them that their dream and opportunity is not as important as other people's health. That's horseshit. That's not the way that the United States is supposed to be, to, supposed to be working. That's not the way this country works. That's why I like living here. So I, I'm going to shut up right now and let you go with that. But I, I'm really fired up about this. And my, the parents are fired up about it. The kids are heartbroken. And I'm trying to get them every day in here to focus and work hard and go achieve it. And we're still getting guys offered. But, brother, it has become so hard to do the job. And I can only imagine how hard your job is because we don't have anything to show. We can say we're working. But there's no games. There's no payoff. Go with that. I'm sorry. I'm pissed off. No, that's okay. I, I appreciate your. Uh, I always tell you this, man. I appreciate your passion for what you do and for the for the people you work with. It's uh, it's part of the reason why I like you so much. Um, because you're you, and and, and transparency is what what needs to happen through this whole thing. I can tell you just like you're doing with, with, with leveraging relationships, right? I mean, it's the only thing we can do to even keep kids on cloud nine thinking we can get this done for them. You know, uh, for me, where I come from, my background the last 15 years, you know, we didn't have a lot of D1 guys. In fact, two from Devlin High School. So I've reached out to all my D2 contacts and my, my FCS guys, and, and we got to leverage those relationships. But fact of the matter is, I can leverage relationship all I want with Risto down at Pueblo, right? But when he can go watch a kid that's getting ready to play in Arizona and it's like, I like your guy, coach. I do. I like him. But I really like this kid from, from Chandler, right? And he's going to fall to us and, and I'm going to take my shot. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's giving the kids in Colorado the opportunity to do this. Friday night, I recorded every high school football game on ESPN. We're playing in Utah. We're playing in North Dakota. It, it's, it, it, it crushes me for these kids here. And, and – so we're going to play in the spring. What's going to be left? What's going to be left? I, nothing. nothing. Nothing's going to be left. Nothing. I look, I look nothing. At the, it might as well be spring football with the XFL. No one gives a shit. I, I look at the big sky. I look at the Pac-12. Why would you even play in the spring? What are you playing for? Listen, here's one thing that this game teaches us, and it's one thing that it taught me throughout my life, and it's strive to be a winner. And every time you fall, you better get back up and you better swing harder. Well, guess what? What are you swinging for in the spring with three games? What are you, spring, what are you, what are you swinging for? It's a, it's a green ribbon mentality, and, and, and it's, it's not okay. It doesn't help the youth of America, and it doesn't help the youth and the football players in the great state of Colorado. And, and we have an opportunity. Governor Polis, you have an opportunity to relook at this, to think about what's going on. Look at those numbers. Look at those hard numbers and let us know why we can't play. See, and I think, Matt, that's part of the, that's part of the problem. We never got the why. We just got this is what we're going with. Give me the why. Back that up with analytics. And if you can show me that, then, 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 then I'll back off. But right now, 
I'm in a brand new school to me with kids that all I've done is built relationships with and they're reaching out and they're going, coach, I don't know if I can go to college. I don't know how I'm going to do it. My family can't afford it. I can't do this. I can't do that. We have to pull that wall down to let them get through. We have to do it. That's my opinion. But I'll tell you what, that's the opinion of a lot of people in this community. And, 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 and Governor Polis, understand this, please, sir. The football community is a tight-knit fraternity. And what Matt and I are saying today, I, I'm telling you, 98.9% .9 of the, the people in this fraternity will tell you the same thing. This isn't right. We have to be able to play this game, and we have to be able to play it in the fall. And you're, look, bro, you, you're, you're hitting it home hard right now because three, three of your boys, the triplets, the, the triplets had to move to Wyoming to play. And that, they shouldn't have to do that. Andy Cummings shouldn't have to move to Idaho to play. Tyler Ward shouldn't have to move to California to play. Noah Schmidt shouldn't have to move to Arizona to play. We shouldn't have to abandon our home to, to achieve our goals. And I am begging you, Governor Polis, to please, if you need to bring me in, Coach Bennett and people in to talk to you about this, please reconsider. You are destroying people's lives because of fear. And I'm telling you right now, I had West Nile virus my rookie year in, in the NFL. I came home. I live on a 70-acre ranch. We had five weeks off between OTAs and camp. I got diagnosed with West Nile virus. My mother found me on the floor in seizure. I was in the hospital for three weeks. I got cut for failure to report to training camp. It sucked. And then I went to fucking work, and I overcame the adversity, and I got healthy and got signed, and I was playing on Monday Night Football against the Patriots and Tom Brady three weeks later. So – the fact that we are so scared to even attempt to play, we're so scared to even go outside, we're so scared to practice, but a 13-year-old eighth grader can play, but a ninth grader can't? Uh, do you understand the hypocrisy of this, Governor? Do you understand what you're doing? You, it, it's essentially saying to me that you have no control whatsoever and you're just listening to the one guy in your office who hates football and doesn't think you should play. That's all I can come up with because you're not in any way, shape, or form, you are not looking at the numbers. You're not talking to people that are actually involved in the community. You're not talking to football coaches. And you're damn sure not watching anything that's going on at Dove Valley because down at Dove Valley UC Health Training Center, they are practicing every day they are about to start playing nfl football games there is a pattern you can watch espn they're playing in utah there's structure on how to stay safe everyone's in mass and washing their ass the broncos are playing there's no covid test down there everybody's healthy there's nobody tested positive in boulder not one positive test on the football team in the last three weeks and we can't find a way to play to, to say I'm disappointed in the leadership of this state in this regard is an understatement. And to be completely honest with you, this is the this, this is what I'm voting on, bro. The next time I get the opportunity to vote, I am damn sure not ever going to let anybody take away the livelihood of my clients and your kids and the, their futures again. If you're too afraid to vouch for the youth, and to push for the future, and you just want to sit here and guard the path, you are not my leader. Again, I am, uh, I'm very passionate about this, as I know you are. So, look, 
How do we fix it? Is there any way to fix it? Is it just two guys complaining and Joel Klatt complaining? But it, it can't be like that. Gov the governor has got to listen. Do we have to go? Do we have to go march on the Capitol and like and and for football? We really have to go mount march on the Capitol for fucking football? Really? Really? I mean, this, this seems so common sense to me. It's happening everywhere else. How can we not come up with a a way to play here in the great state of Colorado. You're telling me we're this soft and scared? It's disgusting. Right. I, I, I think we can. I think, I, I think the strength is in numbers, and I think we need to, we need to reach out. How does that look? Do we, do we start with Rhonda? Uh, you know, at Chassa, you know, can we get some guidance there? You know, ultimately, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to make a mockery of this great game. It saved my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why you're so passionate about it. But um, it really does need to be reviewed. And it really does. We need to take a hard look at it. It can be changed. We're only playing seven games in the spring. We have the opportunity right now in the next week to keep everything the same. Uh -huh. um, and, and we just we just have to we've got, we've got to get through to somebody. If anyone's listening to this, they, they, they can set up a conversation that, 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 that has an idea. Look, reach out to Matt. Re reach out to Six Zero Academy. Get, get with him. Let's, let's, let's make sure that we're, we're, we're doing everything we can for these kids. Matt's time's done. He, he can't play anymore, right? But he looks like he can. But, I, you know, I don't know if the body would allow it. I'm oh. old. I, I'm not playing anymore. This isn't about me. This isn't about Matt. This isn't about coaches. This is about the kids that we coach. And, and, and listen, Matt, for the kids that play the game because they love it and they don't have the, uh, you know, maybe the athleticism or the ability to go on or maybe they just don't want to go on, we're still taking something from them because we have another problem in this country that I never experienced in a locker room, and that was togetherness, and that was brotherhood regardless of, of race, religion. Um, you know, it, it's just – so we're also stripping this this – social dynamic that is so important to us coming together as a community. So there's, there's so many things that the game of football teach us. And there's so many things right now that kids are on the outside looking in and they're, they're, they're through OTAs, heat, hot, June, miserable, 98 degrees. We had no less than 75 kids on OTAs on the campus of Mullen high school just because they wanted to be together. They wanted to be around each other. They needed each other. They needed to lean on each other. It was, it was the camaraderie. It was, it was the relationship. This is a relationship-based game. This is something that teaches us so much more than the X and O's of football. This is about life. This is about kids moving on. This is about me being alive today because of this game. You have to hear me, Governor Polis. I was raised by a single mom who did her best, but I had the run of the land. And without this great game and without the mentorship of people around this great game, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm angry. I'm angry because of that, because this is so much more. This is life bottled up in a locker room. And we're taking the life and we're twisting it out of these kids. And it breaks my heart and it crushes my soul. And that's why. We're so pissed off about it. This has been a show of straight leadership. Episode 79 of McChesney Unchained on the DNVR.com. Uh, it, it's fire. And uh, I, I hope people hear it. 
and I hope people listen and really understand where we're coming from. Uh, Coach Bennett, thank you so much for coming on the show and joining us here on McChesney Unchained, episode 79. Uh, your passion is oozing through the microphone, and, and brother, I, I just – I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'm crushed for these kids, and I really can't wait to get back to work and get back on the gridiron and, and go uh, see some snot bubbles. So you keep doing your thing and keep fighting that good fight. Thank you so much for coming on the show. To Joel Klatt and, and, and everything he does, to Coach Bennett and everything you do down at Mullen High School, thank you so much for coming on the show. Episode 79 of McChesney Unchained on the DNBR.com is a wrap. Thank you to Andre and everybody. Take it easy, folks.